days of buying victories with free agents and hoping that spending big money and throwing big money out at big names is a thing of the past. All right, well, here's what I'll tell you. We are going to be ready to go come day one. As far as our season goes, we're going to be better than last year. Nobody picked us in 05. Nobody picked us to get in in 2008. We're looking to get back into the playoffs, and hopefully, you know, maybe we can get in this year. I don't know. I think it might be a little bit closer just because 49ers played Seattle last week and they beat them. Hopefully they just play with themselves, just yeah, run the ball. Don't do, don't show any trick, too many trick plays. Save them for the playoffs, and yeah, hopefully stay injury free and get out there, get out there with W. As a player, I want Redbirds fans to really remember me by my positivity and my hard work and dedication. That's how I want people to remember me as someone that influences others and does not focus on herself. I will talk to anybody and I just make everybody around me better. That's the question is whether or not he really is going to be the franchise quarterback that they believe he will be. Coming into the season, I didn't know much about him. Didn't know that he was going to be the lights-out three-point shooter that he was. And that's really elevating the Redbird offense to that next level, that level they need to be at to potentially get into the NCAA tournament. Hey, everybody. Marcus Grant from NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 The Score and ISU Redbird alum. Hey, Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. Now time. Now time. It's now time for your fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome in to the 28th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you this evening on March 4th, 2019, welcoming listeners to the 28th episode of Will's 5th Quarter Special. I'm Will Follow, your host for this evening's edition of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk, and this is kind of a special episode. It is the 3rd edition of the Redbird Sports Update, where we keep fans updated on the athletics at the campus of Illinois State University, from softball, baseball, to fall sports with football, and especially basketball on the men's and women's side. And this evening, we are getting into the nitty-gritty of the Redbird men's basketball season. This is the pre-edition coming up to Thursday through Sunday, where the teams in the Missouri Valley Men's Basketball Conference will be heading to St. Louis, Missouri for Arch Madness 2019. It's a big moment for all teams in the Missouri Valley Conference to compete against each other for their chance to win the championship in St. Louis at the Scott Trade Center this Sunday and a chance to have an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament to represent the Missouri Valley Conference. And the Illinois State Redbirds have a different place in this year as just two years ago, they were in the championship round against Wichita State, fell to the Shockers in that matchup, and fell as well in the championship round last year to Loyola University Chicago. And this year they are starting Thursday night against the Evansville Purple Aces, and we have a special uh, guest appearance coming on for this episode 28 making his debut on the fifth quarter sports talk with will's fifth quarter special and it's somebody that i knew when this show started somebody that uh helped me a lot with my knowledge of Redbird athletics coming up to even this show to this point and his name's steve cease he is the faculty advisor currently at the campus radio station at NISU's campus, 103.3 WZND. They're known as the Pulse of Redbird Nation. They continue to bring out great sports content and talk in their broadcasts for Redbird Athletics, for alums up here in this area of Chicago and other parts of the country. 
and on the campus of Illinois State for the Bloomington Normal area. So Steve took time to be with us on the show for this episode. You're going to hear Steve and I giving our thoughts on the Redbird team to this point, uh, Dan Moore's identity with the team uh, and its history uh, in the Arch Madness tournament the last few years and their seasons. We're going to talk about how the veterans have done so far this year and how they can affect the Redbird chances and what the Redbirds can pull off, hopefully, starting against the Evansville Purple Aces. So I got the chance to speak with Steve Seese, faculty advisor at 1033 WZND and diehard Illinois State Redbird fan and of the Missouri Valley Conference. He spoke to us. So here's my interview with Steve Seese of 1033 WZND. Steve Cease, WZND's faculty advisor. He's had time before on the campus as a student, but he's a faculty head at WZND. We are having him on the Redbird Sports Update, and he's making his first appearance on Will's fifth quarter special, a long-awaited appearance. So, Steve, welcome on to the show, man. I mean, you've heard it on the other side as a listener, but now you're on, man. How's it feel? Well, I I, I gotta say... It's a long time coming. I've been waiting for this moment for a while, Will. Um, but I'm happy that I'm happy that I'm on the show. Also, I'm kind of disappointed you didn't throw in like personal hero or um, you know your favorite person in the world in, in there because uh, you know you undersold me a little bit on the introduction. But we'll, we'll I'll let I'll let it slide. Okay, I guess uh, <laughs> my former professor's still creating me there. So. Um, we brought you on just at the right time. It's Arch Madness. Now, of course, you've been in the seat as a student before. What are your thoughts from the last few years? You know, ISU made it the last two years in the championship round, but fell in both. Now they're playing a Thursday night start instead of the Friday that a lot of Redbird fans were used to the last few years. Where do you see the Redbirds have improved from the last two years to this year? Well, honestly, I don't think they have improved. I think they've they've probably uh, gotten a little bit worse since last year. If you look at their numbers, their offensive production is uh, much worse than last year, but they are playing better defense. So uh, they're averaging about uh, giving up about eight less points per game than they were last season. Uh, but at the same time, they're scoring about nine points less than they were last season. So they're, they're probably a little bit worse, but really the conference is just – just, it's just a strange year in the Valley to have a seven seed that went 500 in conference play. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. There's a lot of parity. There's a, a, a lot of the, it's hard to differentiate between, you know, the three seed and the seven seed. Those, those could have went either way going into the final week of the season. Um, unfortunately, ISU got the, you know, the Redbirds got the short end of the stick and they're going to have to play Thursday. But if there, if there's, ever been a team in the in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament that that could make a run it's it's probably this Redbird team yeah and I think the thing that's going to be different this year their assistant coach that helped Marshall in tournament action last year uh how do you feel about that Redbird team going into Arch Madness now with a guy like Chris Duhon as an assistant coach in Muller staff well there's no doubt that um you know when you get someone who has played in the NBA specifically one that's played, you know, uh, locally. He was a bull for a while. You get somebody who's played in the NBA, somebody that uh, these students watched growing up, they're going to respond to that type of leadership pretty well. Uh, so, um, I, you know, I, I expect that that might have something to do with the team doing a little bit better. 
Um, but they're gonna, they've got a long road ahead of them. There's never been a team uh, that's played on Thursday in the Valley Tournament that ends up playing on Saturday. So a one seed or a two seed has never lost in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament since it's been in St. Louis. Uh, and that's been that's 25, 30 years of history. So it's going to be a tough thing for the birds to do. But uh, like I said, if there's going to be a year where it happens, it's probably this year. And I know the best thing to do before Arch Madness is kind of look at those games like we always see before March Madness comes out. They mm-hmm. always look at those games that really took the team down when they could have gone up had they won that matchup. Had there been like three key matchups you saw this year up to this point that is going to probably affect the Redbirds' chances. Let's say if they do win the championship, they pull off a Cinderella story in MVC moving on, and they try and get in. What three matchups that they didn't win this year uh, do you think will affect that? Well, the three I think the three biggest losses, I, I mean, you had two that were on buzzer beaters, right? You had the, the conference season opener against Valpo, uh, that they dropped on the road and then on the road at Missouri State, if they would have won either of those two games, which were just heartbreaking losses, that really they had those games won um, at the end. And, you know, a little bit of luck and a little bit of bad defense uh, led to uh, led to uh, losses in those games. Either of those, and they're, you know, they're the three seed. They're not the um, they're not sitting in the seventh spot. I think the other loss that really demoralized this team was probably losing at home to Bradley. Uh, you know, whenever you bring your your rival into specifically into your arena, uh, you expect to beat them. And um, you know, there was a big crowd at that game. And to be honest, the the players just uh, you know didn't come through that night. You know, for whatever reason they weren't. You know, they started off shooting hot and they you know they couldn't make a bucket after that. There was a lid on it, and and they never found their rhythm after that first five minutes. Yeah, there were definitely for me. I think the big one too was some of the non-conference play too. Like they had San Diego State come in. Uh, they did win against some big teams earlier on, like BYU, Florida Gulf Coast, but. There's been some issues with the players, especially, and I'm sure you can agree, there's some veterans that we expected, you know, a certain amount of production out of, especially, I think, to me, the interesting player is senior Keyshawn Evans has kind of been a name where, you know, we see his three-point shooting, his leadership's still there, but kind of tell me how you're feeling about uh, the way the veterans have kind of played offensively. It's kind of been streaky in certain games, it seems like. Well, you know, Phil and Malik have had pretty good seasons offensively, too, um, you know, I, I probably expected a little bit more production out of Phil on the offense, but he's been so good on the boards, you know, I, I, it's forgivable. Uh, Keyshawn's really the player who, and, and don't get me wrong, Keyshawn uh, is a great guy, and uh, uh, I'm sure he's a really big leader in that locker room. Um, you know, he's got an infectious personality. People just kind of uh, want to follow him as uh, in his leadership role, but uh, he just has not found his shot all season long. Uh, there were a couple times in conference season where it looked like, you know, maybe he was starting to get hot again. Uh, you know, on the road at Bradley was one. Um, even the first, you know, the beginning of the first half when they played Bradley here at ISU uh, was another case where he hit a three and it looked like, you know, the old Keyshawn Evans was back and he just, he just has not been able to find his shot all year long. And I, it, I really feel bad for the guy because he's, uh, he's a, he's a really nice guy, good, and, and just a good human being. Um, 
and he, he's really struggled with his shot. And uh, I think that that has a lot to do with the um, struggles on offense that the Redbirds will go through at times. Uh, this isn't a bad offensive team, but Illinois State is one of those teams where they score in spurts, but then they go through long periods of just not being able to score at all. And uh, we saw that at Southern Illinois uh, in the last game of the season. You know, they were playing basically with the, with the you know, not having to play on Thursday on the line. If they would have won that game, they, they would have been you know, th- third or fourth or whatever. Um, and they had a 10-point lead with four minutes to go, and then they just could not get a bucket in that after that last media timeout. Um, and some of that has to do with turnovers, too. Uh, you know, I, I think if you look at uh, you know, Malik's turnover to assist ratio, that probably could be improved as well. And, um, you know, as for as for as good as Malik Yarborough is uh, scoring the ball and uh, grabbing boards and and getting the rock out to other guys, uh, he does turn the ball over pretty consistently. Um, and part of that has to do with him just getting extra touches. But you know, when you have a star player, you kind of expect uh, them to be a little bit more careful with the, with the ball. Um, but you know just they just go through periods where they just can't score and I, I think that's that's really been their downfall this season but if they can get hot in St. Louis you know this is a team that's good enough to win the whole thing you know I agree that that's definitely something fans are going to be expecting from the veterans whenever you go into a tournament like this I mean what you were saying Thursday to Saturday if they're going to try and pass that you know history issue and just move on as a team you know taking on each opponent one at a time those veterans are going to have to be a big key. And just taking a look at the opponent, Evansville, the Redbirds won both matchups, one at home, one on the road against the Purple Aces, the first at home 58-46, to but then uh, beating them on the road 70-70. to What did you kind of see in those matchups, Steve, uh, between Evansville and Illinois State that maybe uh, kind of foreshadow what we might see Thursday? Well, the Aces have no depth this year. You know, they had a pretty good – uh, class a couple of years ago that graduated, and there were a few guys left over from that a decent team a few years ago uh, left on last year's team. But this this year they're very young, uh, and they didn't have a lot of experience playing together, and it showed. You know, in a, in a Missouri Valley Conference that has so much parity, uh, Evansville was by far the worst team in the conference, and, and I think I, I think that showed uh, in their. Um, you know, they're young, and they, they kind of lack that leadership that they had had uh past couple of years. You know, there was no go-to guy, uh, you know, somebody that you can, you know, give the ball to in a clutch situation and, and rely on them to come through. So I think that that's what's really hurt Evansville all season long. I, I expect the Redbirds to win uh, their game on Thursday at the very least. Uh, Evansville is not a, a very good team. But, again, this, this Valley season has been um, – kind of unpredictable so you never know and I know you always do in the office I'm sure you still have it up you have your usual bracket set up for the NBC tournament like I would uh, yep. see down there on campus if I'm correct yep yep so we're taking a look at that we're looking at Thursday's games we have Indiana State versus Valparaiso the winner of that matchup facing Loyola and then Illinois State Evansville obviously the winner of that facing Drake Paint us a picture of your predictions uh, from Thursday to uh, Sunday's championship game. Well, I actually really liked Valparaiso early on in the season, but they have struggled after being pretty hot out the gate. So I've got uh, the Sycamores beating them on Thursday and then uh, the Redbirds 
uh, moving on to uh, Friday as well. On Friday, I've got Loyola beating Indiana State uh, pretty easily, I think. Uh, they'll be pretty amped up for that game, and Indiana State will be, um, you know, they, they'll have the disadvantage of having to have played the night before. The Missouri State-Bradley game, I think, is going to be really interesting. If Bradley can make shots, I think they've got a chance, but I, I really think Missouri State, because they ended the season so hot, uh, that the Bears are going to win that game. Uh, Drake and ISU, I've actually got Drake winning that game. I think Drake's an underrated team. Uh, the Bulldogs have been uh, spectacular this season, especially since conference play has started. And then I've got Southern Illinois over uh, UNI, another team that ended the season much stronger than they started it. So that makes my um, quarterfinal matchups then Loyola against Missouri State. And I've got uh, the Bears pulling the upset on Loyola and advancing to the championship game. And Drake against Southern Illinois, and I like the Bulldogs to come through in that one as well. And then with Missouri State and Drake in the championship game on Sunday, I have Drake uh, coming through and probably getting either a 14 or a 15 seed in the NCAA tournament as the automatic bid from the Missouri Valley. I like that championship team because it did not include Loyola. I find that really interesting. Expecting the unexpected, from what I've noticed as well, this conference has probably been as most competitive with each team as I've ever seen, you know, as a Redbird fan and now alum. I'm going to pick, just real quick, I agree on um, the Valpo Indiana State. I'm going to go Indiana State and Illinois State moving on to Friday. Uh, I'm going to have Drake losing to Illinois State, shockingly. I feel like the veterans might come through. But I'm going to have ISU in the semis facing Southern Illinois and Loyola moving on to face, uh, as you had before, Missouri State. Missouri State getting Bradley. And I think the semis is going to probably be the most interesting. I'm going to go with Southern Illinois and ISU getting, like, neck and neck. And I'm going to have ISU and Loyola in a championship rematch. I know it's going to shock a lot of fans, but it's kind of like what we saw with Golden State and uh, Cleveland in the NBA, you know, finals in past years, like one team pulls on the other. I have ISU maybe as you said, making that historic run uh, from Thursday to Sunday, uh, getting over Loyola. Uh, that's kind of a Cinderella um, fan's dream, but had to give that one a shot. <laughs> hey, I, I hope you're right, Will. I, you know, I don't see it happening. Uh, you know, I've, I've been watching these for a long time, but um, I, I, you know, as much as I, I don't agree that that will happen, I really hope that it does because, uh, you know, I, it's hard for me to be unbiased a lot of times. I am a big Redbird fan, so. And we're going to throw in one final question. We don't want to take up too much of your time. It's been a yeah, pleasure sure. having you on as well. So something that was talked about right after the Loyola ISU uh, matchup last year, and I'm sure you kind of remember what the, when they talked about this, Dan Moeller himself, a great player, you know, for Illinois State, a, a well-known coach in, you know, the program, Redbird Athletics. I don't think he's going to be going anywhere anytime soon, but the last few years they've gotten – as close to the championship in the conference and fell falling short. How do you feel like maybe his identity with the program could be affected in uh, this tournament coming up? Well, I think, you know, there's no question that uh, fans are frustrated and I'm sure there's people um, in athletics who are frustrated with the way the season ended. I mean, Dan would tell you that he's probably frustrated uh, with the way that the season ended uh, with you know, they had the five-game losing streak, and then they won a couple and then lost uh, their last game of the season. And now you got to play on Thursday, a team that was picked second in the in the Valley in the preseason and, and really looked like one of the 
better teams in the conference all season long. You know, I don't want to speculate on anything that might happen uh, with Coach Muller, but um, there is no question that uh, the team fell short of the expectations that it had. Uh, that said, the expectations were very high, and they probably should have been. There were a lot of seniors from a team that was pretty good a, a year ago. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes those guys just – they just didn't produce. And uh, I'm sure some of that's on coaching, some of that's on the players, but um, there there is no question that people are disappointed right now. But, I, you know, I don't want to speculate on, on anything. And, and certainly uh, there's other factors involved, you know, just um, – you know, Coach Muller's coming off of a, a a contract extension, so that so that has to be taken in, into consideration. And there's a lot of other moving pieces. So, uh, you know, I think you're right. I think Dan Muller's here to stay at ISU at least for uh, a little while longer. Uh, you know, if I had to venture to guess, he'd probably uh, leave on his own terms at some point, uh, probably for a job that's better. I'm hoping, you know, and that means that he's had some prolonged success, but. Uh, yeah, there's no question. Dan Muller was brought in here to win basketball games, and and uh, they should have probably done that a little bit more often than they did this year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's going to be an exciting Arch Madness tournament. I know my TV will be on the whole weekend tuning into that. So, Steve, please, we appreciate your time, your first appearance on the show, hopefully many more to come, and we wish you continued uh, solid production as well. Uh, credit to your team over at WZND, always covering the tournament well, Redbird Games. We appreciate your support of this show as well, and uh, we know you're probably traveling down to St. Louis with them, so safe travels and enjoy that tournament weekend. Go Redbirds. Thanks, Will. Watch for me on TV, all right? So that was a really great guest appearance interview we just had with Steve Cease, faculty advisor at 103.3 WZND. A lot of really good sports talk. Steve brought some really good insight about what we see from the Redbirds uh, going into this game. And this is a big game for the team, so uh, we wish the Redbirds good luck. Uh, we appreciate Steve uh, for coming on with us. And a shout-out to 103.3 WZND, uh, my old workplace down there on the campus of Illinois State. Steve is part of that station in a big way, um, helping them continue to bring out good sports content and broadcasts for uh, the general audience and public. So we appreciate them, the support they give to this show. So we wish them nothing but the best moving forward. Now we're heading into the signature part of the show everybody enjoys. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-hosts, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook and Twitter page and post their own sports movie moment favorites and have the chance and opportunity for if it fits into the show's content. They also have the chance to... Uh, have that moment mentioned on our social media to be mentioned in a future episode. So I'm going to pick mine, and this is one I had decided on already before uh, we planned on doing uh, this Redbird uh, sports update before Arch Madness, and it fits perfectly. It's a basketball tournament, but it's a little uh, hop in the time machine and head back through history on this one. It is Glory Road, one of my favorite basketball movies that I've ever seen growing up. It's takes place in El Paso, Texas, during the Civil Rights Movement uh, commuter school. They're known as UTEP now, but they're at the time they were known as Texas Western College. 
And the story follows Coach Don Haskins. He was a high school girls basketball coach in Fort Worth. Got the opportunity to go to a commuter school. Was, brought his excitement, discipline, and uh, love of the game to this team that definitely took history um, in its own way. He brought in seven African-American players and uh, took this team and, you know, molded it. Didn't care black versus white during that time period. Made it his own um, regardless of the ethnicity of those players. He made them a whole team. Taught them the true meaning of the game, fundamentals, discipline, and just, you know, yes, they were a lower-ranked school, but he told them, hey, it doesn't matter what ranked school we are. Um, going into the season, we have a fresh season. We have as much chance as anybody else. And he took them all the way to face Kentucky. So I'm going to start uh, connecting it to the Illinois State Redbirds. You know, and this is a team that's an underdog going into this tournament, Arch Madness, um, in Missouri Valley Conference Tournament in uh, St. Louis starting Thursday. And, you know, if you heard what Steve and I talked about, it's going to be uh, pretty hard historically for the Redbirds to move from Thursday all the way to Saturday and possibly Sunday, depending on how all the other teams play. That compares to what Texas Western College did. Uh, they moved through against Kansas in uh, the semifinals. They beat Kansas right after they lost to the Seattle Chieftains in a game that really defined where that team was in Texas Western. They had really great players, Bobby Joe Hill, uh, David Latin, uh, Harry Flournoy, uh, Willie Worsley, a lot of great players on that team. But they were defined not just by the way they played throughout that historic season, but that loss kind of impacted them to a certain degree. They could have taken the number one spot uh, over Kentucky at the time, but they fell to the Seattle Chieftains, and they had to... Um, really play hard against Kansas, which they won in double overtime and a two-point uh, victory. And they proved the impossible by moving on to face Kentucky and Adolph Rupp's Wildcats. And they made NCAA history, pulling off the greatest upset in sports history. Uh, the starting five was five African-American players. So that really defined uh, not just them as a team, but where the game was headed in a better direction, uh, more diversity, and uh, a better college basketball uh, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three setting that we see today. So that was just not defining history in the sports side, but also um, history as a, a nation as itself. So uh, that ride through the tournament, Texas Western had. Um, I'm not going to say. I'm going to spoil a little bit uh, for those that haven't seen it. They actually do win, uh, as I mentioned, pulling off the greatest sports upset and and in history and. Uh, it's a really great movie. It's, some, it's one that I think any sports fan would enjoy, whether or not you like basketball. It's, uh, it's based on a true story, and it really impacts um, you know, how we believe sports is to this point. It's a movie uh, about a story that helped uh, the sports we watch today get to the point it is, especially the game of basketball. And uh, I think it really reflects well with Arch Madness, where the Redbirds are, um, just knowing uh, from experience uh, watching them as a fan on that campus when I was a student and uh, now an alum uh, watching them from afar. Just seeing where this team is it reminds me a lot of what I saw in the movie with Texas Western. A really great coach, um, Don Haskins at Texas Western, but the Redbirds have that in Dan Muller. Um, good assistant coach in uh, Chris Duhon this time around. So they have the energy, they have the edge. Uh, the question will be, starting Thursday, what they're able to do against Evansville uh, moving forward. That's the question Texas Western faced in that movie. They faced it on, head on, and uh, they uh, conquered that obstacle, reached their goal of winning 
Uh, the question will be what will happen in that case with the Redbirds in the tournament. So that is my sports movie moment. And that is all the time we have in episode 28 of Will's fifth quarter special. Tune in next time to our upcoming YouTube live streams and episodes that will be announced. Uh, announce what we're going to do with that episode on the upcoming YouTube live stream that should be uh, coming up here in the future where we'll cover uh, Chicago sports uh, recap of the uh, Redbird Arch Madness um, and much more as it follows. We want to thank faculty advisor at Illinois State University's campus radio station 103.3 WZND, uh, Steve Seas, for making his debut guest appearance on the on the show today. We really appreciate the support he gives to the show and uh, what it stands for, and we really appreciate his time and uh, hope to have him on uh, many more times moving forward. So, uh, Steve, we appreciate your time and uh, continue the great work you do uh, leading the on-air staff and uh, station that is 103.3 WZND. Continue that great work, uh, and we appreciate you joining the Fifth Quarter Sports Talk and hope you uh, will continue to support us, and uh, we look forward to having you on down the road. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your Fifth Quarter Sports Talk. I'm your host, Will Farrell, along with our special guest, 103.3 WZND ISU faculty advisor Steve Cease saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials. Go to WilliamDFarlow.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at WilliamDFarlow. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's fifth quarter special.